Man in motion to the near side, then they reverse it with Billingsley. Back to the right. Snap to Young. Drops back. Pressure from the edges. He throws near sideline. And it's intercepted. Intercepted. Kaylee Ringo at the 21. Off he goes. 40, 50, 45, 40, 35, 30. Near sideline. Breaks the tackle. 20, 15, 10, 5. Touchdown. 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 Georgia. Iron Brains, a podcast that will never claim to have proved the haters and the doubters wrong, even in the rather unlikely event of our achieving, uh, you know, whatever it is that we are trying to achieve here. A podcast that believes that life is indeed hard at times, and that belief in oneself isn't a sufficient condition to come out on top in whatever it is you're after, but it is almost certainly a necessary condition. Because, of course, Stetson Bennett fumbled the football at his own 10-yard line in the fourth quarter of the national title game and watched Alabama immediately turn that mistake into a lead. And he says afterwards that in that moment, he decided he wasn't going to be the reason that his team lost the game. I wasn't going to be the reason we lost tonight. He would go on to throw two touchdowns in the fourth quarter, and Georgia won the game 33-18. to But as he watched his teammate make an interception that put the game finally out of Alabama's reach, he did not react with joy and exultation. He wept. And you could look at him, sobbing, hugging his teammates and his coaches and being hugged by them. And what you could see there was a lifetime of hate and infamy and disrespect being lifted off his shoulders and vanishing into the ether of some alternate reality, some parallel universe where the former walk-on really does have to listen to everyone talk about how he simply wasn't the right guy for the moment, that he didn't deserve to be there, that they were right about him all along for the rest of his life. But deserve, as has been noted here before, deserves got nothing to do with it. So the weight lifted off his shoulders, and the sheer relief of it all was too much for him to process in that moment. And he wept, because he knew, I think, that maybe he didn't deserve to be there. But who did? If deserves got nothing to do with it, why not him? The best team doesn't always win, the best player doesn't always hit the game-winning shot, and the moral arc of the universe doesn't always bend toward justice, and believing that it might will never make it so. But it might just make it possible. And afterward, you can claim that you knew it all along. My name is Bob, sitting across the way from my good friend and co-host. That's Abe. How you doing tonight, Abe? Doing well, Bob. Yeah, here we are. Lori's here, too. How you doing, Lori? You know, someone asks me probably ten times a day, different people say, how are you, how you been? And this whole last week I've had to lie and say, oh, I'm good. <laughs> yeah. Because I'm fucking amazing, is how I am still. Tonight is Monday, January 17th, 2022. Precisely one week removed from the crowning of the Georgia Bulldogs as national champions of all of college football, in in the whole of the known universe, the greatest college football team (laughs) uh, this year. That was awfully fun, wasn't it? What a fun outcome. I mean, <laughs> the 15-point 
final score, uh, it's kind of misleading because it was a very close game. It was like, what, it a field so goal in the first half? It was one point for portions hey, of the fourth you? quarter. I was watching with uh, some friends. and uh, At a house, in a bar? In a house, yeah, we stayed in. And, uh, you know, I was always confident that Georgia was going to win. I round up to 100% of my probabilities, and I was for sure <laughs> that we're going to win. The one moment where I kind of was like, uh-oh, was the play you described, Bob, the turnover that initially I was like, wait, he had enough command of the ball to where maybe that's going to be an incompletion. But right. no, it was a... By the way, so we we dump on refs all the time, right? Uh, rightly so, as sports fans. The, the refs are terrible largely, and it's it's right to hate them. It's a hard job to but do. I, uh, just it's to be a clear. very difficult job yeah. to do. In that moment, they got a call that, like, I think probably in excess of 99% of all viewers who are watching at home thought that they had gotten entirely wrong. On replay, they got it, like, exactly right. right. And it's and it's a play that when you saw it live, it's like, I fucking screwed that up. Not only was that obviously a forward pass and it's an incomplete pass, but that was recovered by a person who stepped out of bounds when Not, he caught the ball. Right. So like obviously this is just going to be fourth down. Georgia will punt with the lead and we'll move on with our lives. And then you see the replay, and it's like holy shit. It really is impressive. That was a, that was actually a fumble, right. and that guy actually managed to recover it, sort of entirely by In, accident. Accidentally, you know how you don't get points for effort. Yeah, like that's a, a saying. You also apparently don't get points taken away for lack of effort, right. as what happened with that guy. Well, that guy like, was ninety nine percent of the people. He's like, well, this is clearly an incompletion, so he just kind of. Yeah, I'm just gonna because otherwise, it. if he had caught it and simply. Turned up field. Yeah. He could have walked into the end zone with it. Uh, but yeah, so like you watching that play, and so I'll I'll describe. Obviously, people tune into this podcast to hear the experience of me personally in my living room watching the game, and and how like my nine year old experienced the night and as well. Me and, and, and how Lori I too. did. But we were watching the game. The kids were staying up, and we're watching the at the end of the third quarter. Uh, Alabama is going on a drive. There's like, f- they get the ball maybe with like seven or six minutes to go in the third quarter. This is a school night. On yeah. a and school it's night. like a million o'clock because these games don't start until like 99 o'clock. Yes. Right. And the game at that point is, is it still six nine to, to nine. six? Something like that. Yeah. So Alabama is just, just marching down the field. It's their best, most like demoralizing drive of the entire night. They're, they're, breaking out like five to seven yard runs every time it's like second and two and they easily make the first down. But like halfway through that drive, Calvin, who had previously been insisting that he was going to stay up and watch the whole game. And I had reserved the right to be like, if it gets out of control, you're going to bed right. kid. Cause there's no reason right. to stay up till midnight just to experience the utter misery that is losing to Alabama. But during that drive, and it's just it's just a punishing football drive to watch as a Georgia fan because it's just you can see where the rest the of the game is going to go. Tired, yeah. The defense was getting tired. The defense was either getting field, tired. The whole game. Right. Who knows what it was? But Alabama is just doing one of those drives that looks like Alabama always does, which is like, and and you can see them getting the ball like four more times in this game and doing exactly right. that. Right. And it, it wasn't a. It was still a very close game, but Six there was nine. there was something about that drive happening in that moment that it. That's when I started to see, oh, there's, it's impossible that we're going to win this game. Right. It's just 
absolutely impossible. And uh, so Calvin says, with like four or five minutes to go in the third quarter, he's like, I think I need to go to bed. Uh, so, so some combination of the the fact that it was getting late and the fact that the thing that we're watching was like obviously taking a turn for the and worse. as exciting as it is a six to nine game is not an exciting game for a child yes. like i love a good defensive yeah. game but i can understand why other people don't right so we go we put the kids to bed and wait as w- wait yes we do but as we're coming back from putting the kids to wrong. bed oh my god so we get up. I'm not wrong. You didn't even let me finish my sentence. We get up to go put the kids to bed and a field goal is blocked. Oh, that's okay. So now I'm in sync now. Okay. So that's where we're at. Okay. Yes. We were getting up the kids like, all right, let's get the friends say good night. Friends being stuffed animals and a field goal is blocked. And it's like, all right, get in bed. Yeah. Right, so get in bed, and while we're putting them to bed, it takes a couple minutes because we still like sing them songs and stuff because we're super lame. And while that process is happening, James Cook is doing like the first like legitimately fun offensive play well, that for Georgia of the entire game. I come back yard into run. the living room to James Cook running down the field, and no one in the living room. And I felt like, am I in this world? Like, <laughs> what is happening? Where had, are Where's I run, Bob? I had like, run downstairs to grab a beer. My dad was on the shitter. So like, <laughs> I said, where is everyone? <laughs> anyway, so that happens. Georgia scores a touchdown. And then, you know, the rest of the game is, is spectacular. Except that, like, that happens. And then on the ensuing Georgia possession... Stetson does that goofy thing where and and like it was such a Stetson Bennett yes. play because there's, there's just no reason for him to be a in that sort of trouble because he should have already gotten rid of the ball and b for him not to just take the sack given the situation that's happening. Yeah, right? no one near him. I like, mean, it, there's just it happened fast, but he should have the presence of mind to know things are falling apart. Don't try to out athleticize somebody who's much stronger and faster than you. Right. And that happens, and it's like that that feeling, because I didn't see the James Cook play happen live, so I didn't get like that huge endorphin rush of like a great Georgia play that you would normally get. Right. And yeah, it was good that we saw we I did, but it didn't matter. But so my entire feeling was from that previous drive, where it's just this demoralizing slog down the field for the other team, and then to have that happen, it's like, man, I guarantee you we're going to lose yeah. this game. Yeah. Like there's th- – that is like they're going to score a touchdown. There's no way that we can come back from that against this team. Right. Because and, it, and instead, that was those were the last points that they scored in the game. And also – You know when I was sure we were going to lose? When Stetson Bennett threw the next touchdown, I said this is exactly what Nick Saban wants us to do. To, to play that way? I mean, he just kind of threw it in yeah. the air. Yeah. No, Nick Saban, no, Stetson Bennett throws that, like, 50-yard touchdown. Right. A.D. Mitchell catches it, and I said, now we're losing. That's how we lose. Right. Lori is such a maniac that she believes— I've watched enough that- Georgia-Alabama games to know that right after that is when they win. Right. My experience of it was, like, a PTSD kind of thing, because, like, in my mind, Stetson Bennett is Carson once— the, the mistakes are goofily similar. Like, oh, I don't know how I find myself in this position. Turnover. And right. the I'll just throw it and then somehow magically works out kind of thing, which was 
that touchdown pass that he did. Right. So, by the way, on that play, I know that the Alabama players jumped. I've watched that play a hundred times. I'm still not convinced that they were actually offside. That was offside, like, wasn't it? I don't know. I don't see it. I don't know. might be an screaming angle. Free the play. angle we can see it from might be wrong. Yeah. Right. I mean, obviously what happens is the Alabama players jump and the flag comes out. And so Stetson knows he has a free play. Right. So he just chunks it 35 yards down the field. And A.D. Mitchell makes a great fucking catch. Right. And I don't know that I want to get into right here why we're still right about Stetson Bennett. <laughs> but but uh, who is we? Well, Abe and I yes. okay. have also, expressed a... Is there any other position? I mean, he is, I mean, a made man, great job. He's going to be a legend at Georgia forever, but uh, enough of that. Right. He's still, like, and it, and it sounds shitty to take, like, the guy who personally helped bring me a great deal of joy over the course of the last week, and something that I will forever remember fondly is this this Georgia national title... But the fact of the matter is, he's still not a very good quarterback. Right. <laughs> <laughs> he, he is a good enough quarterback. He, over the over the over the course of the last like eighteen minutes of that game or something, from the end of from from after he he made that goofball fumble, yes, he went like four for four yeah, he, for like he eighty something perfect. yards. Right. And yeah, he was. And that's the thing; he should know his limitations, right? And he. If this is his final game at Georgia, what it appears that it will be, because uh, Kirby Smart didn't seem to to be committed to to him next year. Like, oh, we'll open it up. It'll be a competitive blah blah blah. I think JT Daniels is in the transfer portal. Yeah, right? yeah he's JT definitely. Daniels is apparently leaving, and then we've got. I think Stetson uh, Bennett starting next year. It is a it is a quarterback room with some fucking names because Stetson Bennett itself is already like a a goober Western name, yeah. like you know some guy in a hat. Yeah, it's a country club name. We've got Stetson Bennett. We've got uh, Brock Vandegrift is the uh, five-star from last year. And then there's uh, uh, Gunnar Stockton <laughs> is the five-star from this year. Uh, plus there's that Carson Beck kid. Yeah, uh, there are a lot assuming, of... Assuming... Yeah, there's a lot of very highly touted big-time recruits that are going to be competing for the job. And it Arch would be Manning, maybe? ridiculous to suggest that... Stetson Bennett should just be handed this right. job going into next year. And I don't, like, I really, I can't imagine that that's the position that he wants to be in, where he's like, no, you have to guarantee I, me the I starting job going into next year or else I'm out. It's like, all right, man, like, he was, you're almost certainly not the most talented quarterback on the team this year. It just worked out for yeah, you. Yeah, he was kind of like, hinting at that. I mean, this was like the day after, so you can't really hold him to it. But it was basically like, we'll see what which direction the coaches want to take this and we'll see where I am next year. It was a weird right. cryptic thing like that. And Well, he was drunk. Yeah. So so maybe not, but I can't imagine he's like the best option at quarterback next year. But right. you know, I was very happy for him. I was I was just absolutely thrilled for him and watching him react the way that he reacted when uh, Ringo made that interception where he he's so overcome with relief that he doesn't even see the end of the play right he, yeah. he can't like there's he's crying so hard that he doesn't even know that it ends up being returned for a touchdown until after the play is over that was like years worth of stuff or just like that weird fumble that he's like boy if 
we didn't dig our way out of that hole, I would have never heard the end of it. Like if oh, it's definitely it's definitely years worth of stuff. It's everything. I who didn't cry? Like I, it doesn't even actually matter to me, and I cry. Right. <laughs> like of course it's year. Like he's it's just everything. It's the best week of my life. It continues to be good as long as I'm allowed to keep talking about yeah. it. It's an all-time great story from a just purely from a personal story sort of perspective in terms of the, the little kid who grows up. It's Rudy. Have you seen Rudy? It's Rudy, except better. Yep. They embellished right. the Rudy it's, story like this. At least he was the starting quarterback. Right. This, at the end of that, like what? What? That season wasn't a particularly great year for Notre Dame. And it was a garbage like, time, a meaningless appearance. Yeah. Yeah, garbage time sack against Georgia Tech. All <laughs> bullshit, by the way. But, but uh, and apparently that guy's kind yeah, of a this, dick, like people say. Right? Turns oh, out, whatever. turns out, uh, Rudy himself. Stetson is, Bennett's probably kind of a dick too. So, <laughs> yeah. but at the same time, like the idea that because I'm of course reading all sorts of articles and looking in the comments section the last the last week, and there are people who are like, I guess I got to eat crow because I said Stetson wasn't very good, but then he goes and wins a national title game. It's like, no, man. You don't have to eat that crow. Right. Stetson Bennett is, in fact, not very good. And there was like, there are people being like, well, maybe he'll declare for the draft. And, you know, it's like, <laughs> not, that guy is not a, like, the draft for what? What are you talking about? He's yeah. not an NFL I, quarterback. I, I did. He's, I, I don't know if it's uh, COVID or what, but I have lost all sense of eligibility. Like, I thought he was done. Why does he have one no, more year? No, he has, it's because of COVID okay. that he has another year. Okay. Because I'm just, Discombobulated. I was like, oh, I thought he yes. was done. Not, yes. not just him, other players. I was like, oh. Yeah, they all have an extra year if they want it. Okay. No, they all had, I think, like two extra years if they wanted it. It's not insane. Two extra, I mean, it depends on where you are. Yeah. Right. No, there's a kid on this team uh, who was on the 2017 team. Julian Rochester. Yeah. And he's, yeah. This was, this was the, it's all worth it. Like, all of the shit we've dealt with for the last let's say 15 years has been worth it because if we'd won in 2012, this it wouldn't have right. been as good as this. By the and way, if we'd won in 2017, it wouldn't have been as good as this. Every, like, this is so much better. Everything is coming up Georgia. Like, even, like, the celebration, like, Saturday, they do the big thing in Athens, and Sunday, all the ice and the snow and everything is closed. Like, it's like they miss it by right. day. Like, Things that would have went the other way, like if it was any other year, it's like it falls yeah. like on the right day. Nothing is impacted. It's just the weekend. So what happens when he gets Democrats in the yeah. Senate, right? <laughs> yeah, maybe. But like it has been a pretty good run here in Georgia. <sighs> I was still like even – and what, we're up 26-18, and I was still certain that they were going to score. Could and then one do possession with like a minute to – yeah. At that point, if they scored a touchdown – they were going to score the two point and they were going to win it over. I was like, they have to stop them here because you can't just let them. Right. Which I think, I guess Auburn, they needed like a touchdown and a two point and they ended up winning. Like, you don't want to let yeah. Alabama no, I was, back in. I, I was not at all comfortable until Ringo catches that yeah, ball. That's like, why that will always be the play. As much as the two thrown touchdowns yeah. were like. One of them was scary, was though. The go ahead touchdown yeah. and then the like seal it touchdown still i don't think any of us were comfortable 
I wasn't even comfortable with the uh, touchdown that he threw because it was like it had to go over the defender and it's another Stetson Bennett kind of fuck up. Like if he didn't put enough air on it, the defender could have just simply caught it and just walked it in. But yeah, I think it was a pick six that was like, okay, now it's... Yeah, that's always going to be the play. Yeah, now it's impossible to come back. And it's also like... That's the kid with the mom who's like the teen cheerleader who has cancer. Like, it's yeah. all too much. Yeah. It's all, the whole thing has been worth all of this. Like, it's, and now I don't have to care about football right. anymore. <laughs> anyway, um, I guess we can stop. Fucking best week ever. Going on about college football. I could go on literally all day because I do <laughs> at work. I do want to talk about Omicron. Oh, that little virus. Yeah. COVID still largely out of control. I want to play a clip from the vice president. She was asked a question uh, by NBC News. She had an interview with NBC News. She was asked if it was time to change the strategy, the uh, administration's strategy on dealing with the virus. And here is what she came up with. Does the administration say, you know what, the strategy isn't working. We're going to change strategies. Six former administration officials last week wrote that open letter urging the administration to change course, to change strategy. Is it time? It is time for us to do what we have been doing, and that time is every day. Every day it is time for us to agree that there are things and tools that are available to us to slow this thing down. And so right now we know we still have a number of people that, that is in the millions. Play that again real quick. It is time for us to do what we have been doing, and that time is every day. Every day it is time for us to agree that there are things and tools that are available to us to slow this thing down. This is... The, the first time hearing this, so this is not like some audio like splicing. This is the complete no. That's 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 just her talking. That's how Abe talks. Yeah, too, so. <laughs> it's like it's basically somewhere between me and the the pageant girl from like South Carolina back in the day. Recent polls have shown a fifth of Americans can't locate the U.S. on a world map. Why do you think this is? I personally believe that U.S. Americans are unable to do so because uh, some people out there in our nation don't have maps. And uh, I believe that our ed education, like such as in South Africa and uh, the Iraq, everywhere like such as, and I believe that they should, uh, our education over here in the U.S. should help the U.S. or should help South Africa and should help the Iraq and the Asian countries so we will be able to build up our future for our children. Thank you very much. <laughs> it is time for us to do what we have been doing, and that time is every day. <laughs> every day it is time for us to agree that there are things and tools that are available to us to slow this thing down. Now, I am more than happy, generally, to give people the benefit of the doubt when it comes to speaking off the cuff and in interviews and that sort of thing. Right. But, like, this is not a hard question. This is not a gotcha. This is a friendly sit-down interview. 
And the level of preparation is apparently so poor that that's the best that she can come up with. Setting aside the fact that like people should be fucking furious right now with this administration for the failure of Shit. the last year, and I aren't they? Yeah. people. Every, I don't know. Every poll Are seems they? to be like because upside down. It's like that's how poll was like right, thirty. Right. He's something. at he's at thirty three percent approval, but it doesn't feel like anybody actually fucking cares because we still have the threat of Trump hanging over us all, right? And the like the almost inevitability that it's going to be some Democrat, if not Joe Biden against Trump in 2024, barring any of these people dying. The administration on the 16th, I think I shared this in the group chat, but the headlines were Biden administration announces that they're going to make N95s or KN95s available. Uh, they're they're going to start distributing like, like tens of millions of them to anybody who wants them. And then also we're going to make it so that your insurance has to cover uh, home instant or rapid tests for the coronavirus so that you won't have to pay for them. And anybody who wants them can go to this website and order the thing and and you'll be able to get it uh, that way. And the fact that that is the middle of January of 2022 rather than a headline from the middle of January in 2021 when they took office says almost everything you need to know. And I said a couple weeks ago, or, or have said in the last few months, that this administration came in with a very similar faith-based approach to what was going to happen with this virus, that somehow them showing up and being on the side of science and being willing to listen to the public health officials was going to be the magical cure-all that Trump simply was too stupid to, to take. And that, that he believed that it was, oh, it'll all just go away magically. It'll be like it never happened. We'll, be, we'll all be playing with the Easter bunny and there won't be any virus or whatever it was that he said. Uh, but they were just as fucking stupid when it comes to what it's going to take to actually make this go away. And yeah, and, and the, the poll numbers speak for themselves. There, I mean, that, that one poll that had him at 33% approval is, is, a, is a bit of an outlier. Right, but it's still uh, it's, at least 10 points underwater when you look at the average, you know, the 538s and the real clear politics averages of polls, th- right. they're all like, you know, right around 40 versus like 51, 52% disapprove. But what, like, what the fuck are they doing announcing this stuff now in January of 2022 when s- we're at the end? It, 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 and it looks like we're in the middle of, of a huge wave, right? And, and so is it, is it too cynical of me to believe that they could announce this sort of policy? With the with the knowledge that we're about to hit the the top of this peak, and that in a couple of weeks these cases are going to have dropped from a million yeah, the a timing day will look back like... down to a hundred thousand a day, right? And they'll be able to get credit for it because it's already turning in in New Jersey. If you go look at New Jersey's daily graph, Jersey and New York, the most right? Dr- yeah, and DC, right, but yeah. New Jersey's in particular was the most dramatic yeah. in terms of you have this gigantic wall, and then on the other side of it, it just immediately starts falling off, right. like you walked off a cliff. New York has also dropped off. Massachusetts, like all of the places where Omicron initially uh, had its biggest outbreaks, they're starting to trend back down, and they're going to completely fall off a cliff in the next couple of weeks. And and yeah, there are places around the country where that, that is not happening, right? So Mississippi is, is sort of just getting into the heart of the Omicron wave. Right. There, are, there are a number of different states where it's going to get worse before it gets better. But a month from now, are they going to be able to look back on, on like this January 16th press release and, and, and point to that as like, man, we sure did a great job finally getting hold of this fucking thing. Right. Now, a couple of things, and I think the website goes up on 
this upcoming Wednesday on the 19th, which it kind of reminds you of back of the, the what was it, the Obamacare website that kind of crashed and burned the first week it started up. Yeah. I remember un- like seven, eight unlike, years ago. Un- unlike websites of the past, yeah. I'm sure. So I guess they, they do face that potential PR nightmare. But on the whole, if you go back a year from, you know, around this time last year when they were taking office, the primary focus, it appears, was that let's get the infrastructure up and running for vaccine distribution, right? Because the best way out of it is through the vaccines, right? Based on the information they Despite have. the fact that that was all already up and running. Like, it must be said that the previous administration had effectively there, done that. From what I recall, there wasn't really a plan in place for the implementation. They They... The previous administration paid all the money for the vaccines and all that stuff. But as far as how it's going to be shot in arms, that would basically kind of left up to the states. It wasn't like a a good plan from what I gather. This is, again, just a year ago. And so the effort was let's get all these different mass te- you know, vaccination sites. Let's partner, partner up with all these pharmacies. And by May, June, things were looking good. And now the bottom has fallen off because of this Omicron, right? And now you're kind of almost going backwards. I don't even know why there's a need for sending everybody a mask. If you want the mask, you should be able to order it, but don't just send it to everybody, right? Because first of all, how do you know if everybody's going to use it? Then it would just be a waste of resources to do it that way. The testing, that makes sense. But like, yeah, they could have probably done this sooner. But I think they're, they put most of their eggs on the vaccine, and that kind of backfired. But the test, even the even the testing doesn't make a whole lot of sense. The testing should be done through the institutions, like like every school should have should have survey testing of their population. Like every every workplace should have like that's how you should get the testing out. I don't know what good it particularly does to get them out to people in their homes in terms of stopping. Like I, I just don't I don't know what the. I mean, but that's just as good as the other ones that you suggest. Why not through the home? Like you're at home, test. You can kind of isolate yourself. You can basically have people take the responsibility on to where if they feel kind of under the weather, you know, the test is right there instead of like, oh, my God, everybody's getting tested now. So I can't figure out if this is just a regular cold or if this is something something else, yeah. you know. So yeah, I don't know. It's the, the, the fact that none of the guidance has actually caught up with this particular version of the of the virus is also starting to drive me insane where we get yeah, updated it's a big problem. we get updated guidance from our school district about how they they still act as though it's impossible for vaccinated people to spread this disease even though it is very much possible for vaccinated people to spread the virus and and you can even we could go talk about the Novak Djokovic situation in Australia, oh, yeah. which, first of all, <laughs> but- Australia has royally fucked up in terms of uh, how they should have handled that from the beginning. Like, they grant him a waiver, and then they take the waiver away, and then there's an appeal process, and, and he's, like, in a holding cell, right. and then he gets ends up getting deported. A complete fucking clusterfuck from a administrative and, and public relations standpoint out of Australia. Do you- but beyond that... It's also completely against the current science, right? Like, there's no particular reason why somebody who's negative for the virus but hasn't been vaccinated shouldn't be allowed in the country any more than someone who has been vaccinated because you're no less likely to get and spread this virus. The the particular version of the virus, the Omicron variant, that is currently uh, 
similarly putting Australia at peak levels of infection uh, at any point in this pandemic the last two years. There's nothing about the current vaccines that is particularly uh, helpful in terms of transmission. It helped apparently with Delta, much, much less less so with Omicron. So what the fuck, like what, what even is the rule that they're enforcing beyond uh, an attempt at some sort of an establishment of social control, right? Well, an attempt is it at saying, so much control or they did this to their citizens and it'd be a hard argument to make to say, well, fuck it now because this guy mm. wants to that makes sense. play tennis, right? It, it is... It was like a PR disaster waiting to happen. I don't even know who signed off on letting him even fly. Because I think he didn't do anything wrong as far as, hey, they told me I can come and I came, right? I mean, him right. not getting vaccinated, that's a separate issue. But, like, unless he, like, forged something, he said that he made a mistake, checked the wrong box. I do wonder— Right, right. And to be clear, I think Novak is an asshole. And he's a lunatic when it comes to this health stuff. Like, he's he's completely into this into woo-woo garbage when it comes to the it health stuff. It seems to be working for him, this woo-woo stuff. It's kind of like Tom Brady, right, with all this nonsense. Yeah, can't, can't argue with yeah. the results, right? I mean, but, it's also— I'm not a person like this. I am a practical, this is life, here we are, do what makes sense person. But I understand that other people operate a lot on principle. And I think that's what Australia is doing. Yeah. Like, we have a rule. You're not following the rule. You can't come in. Right, right. except that they said that you could come in. But the the blowback was the public was what Laurie is saying. But yeah, some bureaucrat was like, yeah, we'll get more money. Maybe the Australian Open is like, oh, we can uh, boost our revenue if the best tennis player shows up. So there was some financial involvement, I'm sure, like, hey, let this guy in through the back door. I wonder if this would have been as big of a story if Djokovic did not make a big show of it. Nah, 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 nah. I got in with an exemption. Like, it almost seemed like it was like a taunting tweet or wherever he posted it on social media where he's like, I got an exemption. Because that's the first I heard of the story. It's like, oh, he got an exemption. And then all hell broke loose. And then now he's like in this limbo. And now that now apparently he's not even going to play the French Open, right? Because like you know, all these other uh, countries are not going to try yeah, to make a big like, show of it. At, at some point, when when are we going to recognize that the the rules were wrong or or they were right for another time, but don't right make any sense now? Right after we change the rules to what doesn't make sense either, right. we're not going to catch up. It's just not going to work. Bob, do you not recognize the cost? We're always going to be reacting to two variants ago. If It's just how it is. If they made an about face on that issue now, even if the science supports it now, you would lose whatever little... There's no one who has any respect for these institutions. There are some that still who's do. Going, who's, who's going to lose it. Like, I just don't... I don't think... I think that if you have maintained your faith in the public health administration, both here and anywhere else in the, in the world, uh, largely, th- through all of this, right. then you're just built differently than, than the people who have lost that right, faith. Right, but what I'm right? saying is it would, you would have such a clear example to point to as to the lack of authority. Like, you made us do all this nonsense, and you couldn't even see it through, to some fucking tennis event, right? I mean, what does it cost them to just at least see it through to that? To just say, 
the policy stays as it is, and then they can unfurl some mission accomplished thing in the in the spring and say, going forward, your vaccination status won't be as important. We'll look at, you know, your current status, whether you have the virus or not, and then they can implement that. But they can't just say, ah, fuck, fuck the old rules. Let Djokovic play tennis. They can do it in this instance. Especially now. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I'm just... I. I just get so frustrated reading about and hearing about, especially with local stuff, things that simply are not in keeping with what we currently know. Where, where they're saying that, like, people who have been exposed. So if my, so here's an example. My kids. So in the last week, since since we were last, since we last, since, since the Georgia game, in fact, yeah. uh, I, te- I I did a home test, home rapid test, negative. Lori did a home rapid test negative, and the kids did their tests that they get weekly at school, and they all came back negative. On And throughout the week, at, we get updates from the school, and there were a, a number of, like a dozen or something cases uh, just at our school in the last week. And then on Friday, we get notice that someone, in, or Thursday, we get notice that someone in, in Katie's class had it and will be out. And then on Saturday, it turns out that Calvin had a soccer game with someone who on Sunday then tested positive. Somebody on his team okay. tested positive. And like that would be an exposure, according to the school guidelines, that would be an exposure for Calvin if he was not vaccinated, which is smart guidance for the Delta variant, it's, right. it's smart guidance for Although six we don't months know how ago. Close they were to one another. Right, right. But what I'm saying is that if he was expo- if he, if they were breathing the same air in a confined space, and and I don't think that they were right because it's a soccer game and on the sidelines they have to be masked and they can take their mask off when they're outside when they're out there actually playing. So whatever, I don't think it was an exposure. Right. But the the point of the exercise is to say that. If he was uh, sharing close personal space with somebody who the next day tested positive, right. the school wouldn't even consider that an exposure that he needs to be tested for because he's vaccinated, right? Which is simply not the case so you should, with this variant. Are you saying you should he open it up om- to just be one rule? You shouldn't have two separate standards for vaccinated versus not? It should just be the level of exposure? It, but it used to make sense. With Delta, that made right. sense. Because Delta kind of wasn't really contagious unless you were symptomatic if you were vaccinated. Like, sure, it happens. But, like, they were operating on this, you know, like, vaccinated people don't have as high of a viral load. Right. So right. that with, made with, sense, but for that's a also not—it it doesn't seem to be the case anymore, right? right? This is this is not a, or the current vaccines are not good at preventing transmission uh, of the virus. It, it it's just a fact. I mean, and the and the the fact that it took them as long, like, and I've been saying for like a year now that cloth masks are bullshit, right? Because you look at any of the studies and. Uh, cloth masks are bullshit. They right. just don't do anything when it comes to this particular virus. Other, like yeah, I say, are, other than satisfy the requirement that you wear a mask, it, it's very good at that. Right, but the requirement that you wear a mask is because, in fact, surgical masks and N95, so so anything from a surgical mask on up starts doing something, right? All the right. way up to properly fitted and worn N95 masks that seem to be particularly effective, especially if everyone's fucking wearing right. it, right? Uh, of course, we're not, but whatever. The point is, is that we're, we're dealing with guidance on something that is so completely outdated 
it, and it's not like it's anything that's that complicated, right? It's not like it's it's some great mystery. It's not like it's not stuff that we don't know. So why does it take until last week for Walensky to come out and say, yeah, cloth masks don't work and we need to be doing better than just cloth masks? What would be right? your preference? Like as soon as they have data on that for them to just pivot to that immediately? Like what what if like that eroded whatever little trust there is? Like, oh, you got to just making it up. Every two weeks is something new. Because that's already the problem. Even when they do change Except it. Except that the, it seems like they're making it up when the fact that like these studies came out a year ago that said cloth masks are bullshit. And it takes until this week for Walensky to say so. Like that's where that's where it seems to me like they're making well, it up. Is that, I don't wait, know why. I don't, is that true? Like I thought back then it wasn't as effective as the other, you know, the NK or the the NK95 or the K95 or the surgical ones are more effective than the cloth ones. But even those offered some protection with the earlier variants. Was is that not the case? Have they changed that? I, that I have been I have been reading for at least a year that cloth that that the cloth mask is effectively worthless against. Oh, okay. This virus. I, that's what I've been hearing about this om- because it's Omicron. Not, cloth masks don't help with aerosolized particles, right? They're good for stopping spittle, but we are dealing with a virus that transmits through aer- aer- aerosolized particles, not through spittle, right? And so, was I reading it from sources that I should have been doubting because they they're like dubious right wing sources that were promoting these studies? Yeah, sure. But the studies themselves weren't conducted by fucking Ben Shapiro right. or by Tucker Carlson or whatever. Uh, the studies were done by actual scientists. And it's just, it's just incredibly frustrating to see in an email from the school district this week the sort of nonsense that we know is six months out of date. Right. And it, I, I don't know who it is that they're trying to satisfy. But, I mean, I think you, you're generally right that they've been too slow to make the changes that they need to make, but better now than never. I mean, would you say if you're if it took you six months, don't even bother? Or, like, what is the argument for they eventually got around to changing it? Are you saying they shouldn't have? Well, no, yeah, sure, great job. No, it's not, but <laughs> not a great job. I'm just saying, like, you should have done it six months ago, sure, but you it's January and you still haven't, how about you get around to doing it? You know. There's it's just that because there's so much dismissiveness in the culture of people who doubted the things that were being told to them that turned out to have been total fucking bullshit, right? That right. like and and that it's just no way to be and and we can pivot away from this nonsense. Although I guess we should mention the Supreme Court sort no. of splitting the baby on the on the mandates but whatever i mean it, that the one the only one that's worth commenting on is the is the osha one and the fact that the liberals are freaking out about roberts not being interested in in basically saying that osha can do whatever it wants right. in the, as long as it claims to be protecting worker safety like of course roberts and the and kavanaugh are going to say yeah probably not Right. right, like we're just going to give unlimited power to OSHA to do whatever they want in in workplaces all around the country, whether they're run by uh, the government or not. Yeah. I don't. Think and so. I and I think and I mentioned this to you, Bob, but like I think this is one of those things where the White House is almost glad went that way because it was turning out to be a disaster as far as implementing it. Like it was just going to be a pain in the ass trying to enforce it at that level. Like a hundred employees is not that much. Uh, not that many, uh, 
And now they can just say, look, we gave it a go, and the big bit, the meanies over at the Supreme Court told us we can't, and so they can just move on right. to something and, else. And also, the same thing that I was complaining about a minute ago applies, which is that vaccination doesn't do a particularly great job of reducing transmissibility of this virus, so it doesn't fucking but matter. it does do a good job at hospitalizations and death. It would keep people out death, of the hospital. Right? I mean— It would make yeah. it so we can all sure, go about our like, fucking lives again. Like, I, I still think, Exce despite all of the muddying of information over the last two years, it's been a disaster. I get it, but— the vaccines have been a spectacular success. I still maintain that. Not against the first line the of defense. Vaccines, not only have they been a spectacular success, but getting them into the arms of hundreds of millions of Americans has actually been a spectacular success, and they won't take the lap. Right. They won't take the but fucking victory lap But the problem is they can't do it because— Because we have to stay mad at the 20% who aren't interested? And also we have to stay mad because the reason that this is still a problem is because the hospitals are— Pushed to capacity. Right. We. It, it would be fine if people were getting sick and not cramming up the hospitals. Right. And they can't take. We, it. Like that's when we'll calm down about right. it. And they can't take a, any victory lap so long as like fifteen hundred, two thousand people are dying a day. Like it doesn't matter how many shots in arms. As much as it would no, be fun. No, but the fun. victory lap that you take is the spectacular success of getting eighty percent right. of, of five yeah. plus people yeah. with at least some sort of a, a shot in their right. arm, right? That's a spectacular no, success. Yeah. And you just point to that over and over again. Every single day, they should be saying 1,500 people die. And apparently the data doesn't exist because the CDC doesn't ever release it. But they should be saying every single day, they should be collecting this data and promoting it. And it should say there were 1,500 people who died in this country of COVID last week. Uh, X amount of them were, were this age and older or whatever. And Oh, by the way, 1,493 of them were unvaccinated, right. right? Like, if you get the vaccine, you will not go to the hospital with this. You will not die from this virus. Right. And, and by the way, uh, your kids should get vaccinated too. But ultimately, they're not really at mortal risk of this virus. I was looking at the numbers, and this is from January 6th, I think, was the last— A random day in history. So, January it's from a couple of weeks ago. 0.00153% of all COVID deaths have been children, 0 to 18, right? So newborns all the way up to 18 years old. This is from the CDC website. 0.00153% of all COVID deaths have been children. And that's despite the fact that they represent something close to 20% of test-identified positive cases. So almost one in five of the of the positive cases that were confirmed by a test have been in that age children yeah. under the age of 19 and 0.00153% of them have died it's fewer than 900 people under the age of 19 died from this virus i asked uh, lori this earlier i'm going to ask you now and i don't know how familiar you are with the numbers but just if you had to guess what percentage of the death has been in people 75 and older. Like, we're not breaking it down by guess. vaccination status? Do just I don't like guessing. Not vaccination status, not 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 race, just not sex, not, just how old are you? I think the overwhelming majority of the deaths are in that age group. I would probably say, like, so it's somewhere north of, like, 90%. So it's not. It's 50% of all death has been 75 no and kidding. older. No kidding. But when you... Go 
when you go down to set, and, and to me, I thought that was high. So it's it's like four hundred. I guessed eighty percent. Okay, yeah, I would have guessed. It's like I said, north of ninety. <laughs> it's four hundred and thirty thousand. Guess ninety percent. <laughs> Over four hundred and thirty thousand of them have been seventy-five and older. And then if you go down to sixty-five, set, that that accounts for seventy-five okay. percent of all deaths. And if you go down to forty-five, now you're in the range of ninety-six okay. percent of deaths in this country, uh, which is like. I know that we've said all along that it's a it's a pandemic of the already sick and like largely the people who have died have died because they were unhealthy in in other ways and it and every single there are uh, uh, practically innumerable uh, counterexamples to what I'm saying right like you can always point to the anecdote of the fit and healthy 32 year old yeah. who died from this right. thing and it's a fucking tragedy like there's no getting around it it's not to minimize any of that uh, but the the fact that we continue to punish the people with the least amount of political power when it comes to like like who who is it that has to endure the worst aspects of the rules when it comes to this stuff in this country and it's kids it's kids children? who go to school but is, is right. that it's, not because it's of school children and they're the least at risk and it's because they don't have any political power that we force them to do things that we would not force upon a population that could actually respond to what we're telling them to Isn't do. Isn't that more because of the teachers and the support staff who are getting sick? And Is it? Is it? I don't know. Because, I mean, how, how are the kids being punished in any other way? They're like, oh, well, let's do remote because the teachers are going to be sick. Or we are, we saving, are we saving teachers when my kids aren't allowed to talk during lunch? When they have to sit six feet apart from their friends. Right. The new guidance for the new year because of the Omicron variant is that our kids aren't allowed to talk to each other during lunch because it will increase allegedly increase spread. And you're not allowed to talk if you have a if you have your mask off. Like that's fucking insane when you consider that that kids simply aren't hurt by this thing in over like any like the danger of any number of other things is exponentially right. worse right in, in terms of the things that we should subject our children to like the number of kids who've died from from gunshot wounds in the home in the last couple of years right. like like in terms like it's just I, I don't know why this has become the thing that we have to exercise total control over right and yeah like i don't know i don't know it, I, I'm getting to the point and and part of it is that i'm I'm just so incredibly frustrated by the public health apparatus and by the Biden administration for the the total failure not and it's not just a messaging failure it's an actual failure to do things that could have made a difference uh and 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 I don't know why they weren't doing that I don't know why it wasn't why it wasn't the absolute plan from day 1 to focus exclusively like he could guarantee himself or his successor whoever was going to run for him in 4 years uh, 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 a landslide victory in 2024 if he had, instead of doing all the other nonsense that they talked about doing, had just focused on the virus. If this thing about the tests and the masks had come out on January 20th of 2021 instead of 2022, then it'd be a, a, I think we'd be in a different situation. I, right I think now. they did invest a lot on the virus. They just did not see the big picture where there were, there were going to be these complications after the fact. All of the money that was spent, I mean, I don't even know, I don't have any kids, so I don't even know how 
this actually played out. But all that money that was carved out for school, like, ventilation and all this shit, like, did they not do any of that? Like, nothing came of that? Because it seems like they spent... Well, that, that takes time. You have... That's building new schools. Well, no, I mean... It's that's, not just that's building like new schools. when you, when that you they donate had. blood after a disaster to the Red Cross, it's not like they send your blood to Hurricane Katrina. Right. They use blood that they have already. They're, right. they're saving yours for the next thing. Right. I just think there is a lot of mistakes that you can point to, but sometimes it is just bad outcomes. It's just like the virus hit people basically went back to their old habits and now you're, you know, you're in this position. Like, uh, yeah, they could probably could have spent more money on the masking and the testing, but you need buy-in. You need people to actually take it and be honest and do the stuff. I'm not sure how much more effective that would have been more so than where we are now, but I don't think it would have been like this great success story. A lot of 1500 people will still be dying because an X number of people just don't want to take whatever tools are available yeah. for them to take. I think it's reasonable to believe that they chose not to fully invest in ending the pandemic and taking responsibility for ending the pandemic because they didn't want to be blamed for it not being done, right? And, and, and you, instead, you think so? And instead they can choose to point at the unvaccinated and the, and the crazy right-wingers because every time you hear about somebody who's unvaccinated now, they're immediately associated with, with being a, a, a goofy right-winger right. who's not interested in getting the government vaccine or what have you. And yeah, I think that it was a combination of the fact that they truly believed, like fundamentally believed, that simply by showing up and saying, we believe in science, that they were going to get a hold of this thing. And combine that with the, with the incentive of, if you don't actually really try, then can you really be held accountable for failing? I'm not sure. That, that, that can't be an, the right read here. They, they, they knew that their fate lied with the, the outcome of this pandemic, like... They can't just be pointing. They fingers. immediately pivoted to build back better. They no. immediately pivoted to doing to, to becoming FDR. They immediately pivoted. HR one was not any HR one was what? Was HR one a COVID relief package? No. HR one was the what voting other rights package. Bill. Could it was they a pass? purely political but, but set move. Set aside all this other stuff they wanted to also get done, which again, they were wrong in their estimation as to they had some sort of mandate to do all those things. But on the COVID front, they invested a lot mostly through the vaccines and it didn't work right it's not some failure of some other thing it just didn't work not enough people took the vaccines in time i don't know how i don't know how you can look at that announcement from this past week and not say yeah, maybe last year you should but have th- done that. Wouldn't that. Have helped. Like, I, I yeah, but last year people wouldn't have done yeah, that wouldn't have helped. I, I disagree. What do you mean like the, the, the tests and the, the masks? The people who think that he wasn't legitimately elected? You think they were going to no, just test not, themselves all the time? The fact, Kamala Harris was asked, what should people do if they can't find a test? And her response, and I don't have it, the audio handy, her response was to say, uh, you should Google it. Into this. Mm-hmm. Why didn't the administration just go out and, and secure more at-home tests? After the Delta surge in the fall, why are we at a point now where folks still can't get tests? But we just ordered, a, 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 I don't have the number in front of me, but millions of tests. We have 20,000 sites where people can go, and I urge people to, you can Google it or go onto any search engine and find out where free testing and the free testing site is available. But 
matter, Vice President. The fact that we're still telling people to Google where you can get a test and well, you but, but oh, but come on now. I mean, really, if you if you want to figure out how to get across town to some restaurant you heard is great, you usually do Google to figure out where it is. So that's simply about giving people right a mechanism by which they can locate something that they need, something that can help them. That's what she thinks. Like, let them Google it, yeah, is what her response answer. is. Yeah, but that's not what they're doing, right? She sucks. No, it's, it's not what they're doing now. But this is, what the, this is the sort of thing that they should be held accountable for failing to do for the last year. Right. It's not okay but what, that you cannot simply walk to your local pharmacy and get a home test when you can do that in every other industrialized nation on the planet. They just give that's, them away. They just, oh, here, take this. Like condoms. Like condoms at the health department. Right. Yeah. They that, just give tests away in other true, countries. That's true, but if you take away those three, four weeks where the Omicron thing spread, you could have, I mean, at least I'm, I'll just speak for me. I always had access to COVID testing, either drive-through, same day, I can go into Kroger and pick up the test. But when everybody at the same time tried to get it, that's when it fell apart. So for a long time, everything was there at your disposal to choose for yourself, and then it, there wasn't, and then things fell apart, and now it's like, oh, nothing worked, and you failed at everything. No, they failed at some things, but like, it's up to people to actually do the thing. And so the problem, not- though, and this is this is, you know, we have a shitty country, and that's just how it is. But if I go to get a PCR test, yeah, and I'm waiting two days on my results. I'm sort of obligated to not go to work those yeah. two days. You have days. to assu- presume that you're positive, right? Yeah, isn't that the thing? Yeah. yeah. I can't afford to do that. Yeah. And sometimes it wasn't two days. Sometimes it would be like five days. And at that point, like, what? Yeah. <laughs> so, like, yeah, no, it's, it's been, not. Yeah, yeah. We have a garbage country. No. no. This it's has nice shown us tr- how truly garbage this country is. But, like, it's not Donald Trump's fault. It's not Joe Biden's fault. It's the. It's the makeup of the country and its values. It's just shitty. It's mostly fine. I have no problem assigning a decent amount of blame to the previous administration and this administration for their failure to administer. And I don't think that that's... I don't think that that's silly. At the same time that I also believe that the virus was largely going to do what the virus was going to do, I also think that it was possible for us to be set up to at least deal with it, not necessarily beat it or win or anything like that, but for life to make more sense on a day-to-day basis, right? Right. For, for, For there not to be just patent absurdities and contradictions coming from the local uh, school district in my emails every day. But the only reason that those are patent absurdities and contradictions is because they're doing their best to follow the recommendations set forth by the Centers for Disease Control. Yeah, like the school can't say, like, oh, we're going to do something. I mean, they can, but they won't in this town. I just, I don't know. I and, And we can talk briefly about the voting rights stuff. Biden gives a speech in Atlanta. Did you go down to the speech, Abe? Did you go see the president talk uh, in Atlanta uh, last week? did not. No. No, you did not. He got up on his stage there, and I don't think I have the clip queued up exactly right. Let me find it. So I ask every elected official in America, how do you want to be remembered? At consequential moments in history, they present a choice. 
Do you want to be the side on the side of Dr. King or George Wallace? Do you want to be on the side of John Lewis or Bull Connor? Do you want to be on the side of Abraham Lincoln or Jefferson Davis? This is the moment to decide to defend our elections, to defend our democracy. <coughs> Boy, that cough will not go away. The notion that if you do not vote to support, if, if you as a senator refuse to overturn the filibuster, to do away with the filibuster, in, in order to pass this voting rights legislation, and if you don't do that, you are on the side of Bull Connor and you are on the side of Jefferson Davis, who led the, who led the Confederacy. Yeah, like the president uh, of that fake country, yeah. Right. And and that you are on the side of 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 history's worst or America's worst monsters throughout our throughout our history, unless you choose to 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 vote for this piece of legislation, which is crafted entirely by the Democrats and effectively kept out anyone on the Republican side who was interested in in crafting a bill that would actually be a bipartisan success, that would actually you, you believe uh, that? represent something like. But you believe that that's the case. There isn't. Any interest in in that in having somebody? Uh, uh, not in the House. Yeah, I, I agree with you that it, that there wouldn't be any, or there wouldn't be more than three or five Republicans in the House who would vote for a Voting Rights Act. Uh, uh, period. End of story. But I think that in the Senate, you, I can imagine a bill that that made compromises and and reformed the Electoral uh, College Act and made everything make much more sense as far as that stuff goes. I would love to Mitt see Romney that. I don't. Mitt Romney and Susan Collins were trying to put one together. Tim Scott and they also were left had out of the a plan to do something about policing, and where did that go? I mean, come on, they weren't going to do anything. So then, what's the point of this speech? What's the point of this speech of getting up there and saying? Because the only point of this speech that makes any sense whatsoever is that it's talking directly to the base, yes. right? There's no other reading That's of this right. speech that makes any sense than to make sure that they have enough people to like uh, to make calls and knock on doors in November, right? Like that's the only thing that makes any sense. I, I and this is I uh, I will say at the top that this is a cynical read of what happened, but the way that I see it is that. Biden and, and the White House realized that they didn't have the votes because, you know, a day or two later, Cinema and Manchin came out saying they're against either any sort of modification to the filibuster rule, basically making this whole thing moot. Uh, but before or when it was announced that uh, the president would come to Atlanta, uh, it would be tied to the civil rights uh, the goings on of this region. And there were a lot of civil rights types that didn't even show up for this event because their argument is that this is just more talk. They're actually not doing right. anything to make things better. And so I do think, like you say, this was basically just a message to the base to say, look at how fired up I can get for this just, you know, just cause. But they know that this is not going anywhere. So kind of like with the OSHA thing where it's like, look, we tried and there was an obstacle that we couldn't get over, and maybe if we had more votes the next time, I think they're going to try to tie it into that to say 50 wasn't enough. We need 51, 52 in the Senate or whatever, or expand our our margins to where we have some flexibility because right now we don't have the votes to pass these or things. Or you could try governing the country that you actually live in rather than the country that you imagine you one day might Meaning live what? in. Meaning what? Right? Like Meaning give the Republicans 
some sort of concession on on voter ID in exchange for saying like whatever whatever the fuck it is, right? Like I don't know that yes, you're not going to get Kevin McCarthy on board. I recognize right. that. And it's hard to do business with people who seem to only ever operate in bad faith. But you cannot then in opposition to that, stand up and say, if you're not with me, then you're a fucking right. Nazi. Yeah, that- you can't stand <laughs> up and say, this is like, it was 20 years ago that we were all dumping on George W. Bush for the, if you're not with us, then you're against right. us fucking shit, right? George Lucas made a fucking Star Wars movies about this nonsense <laughs> right. where the only Siths deal in absolutes, right? Yeah. Like, this isn't what's supposed to be uh, what a uh, coherent strategy for governing actually is. Right. And there, there are easily imaginable voting reforms that I think would make way more sense then where where I I could even eventually get upset about the fact that Republicans are being obstinate and standing in the way of voting reform if what you're not trying to pass is that you hand uh, to the most politicized part of the executive branch, right? Like, reliably, the attorney general is going to be among the most political appoint- appointments that the president uh, is going to right. make, right? Like, in terms of uh, setting the agenda for what the administration is going to try to accomplish, if you if you aren't thinking in terms of foreign policy, then the attorney general is the most important appointment that a president is going to make in his cabinet, right? Yeah. right? Because that's the person who decides what law are going to be enforced and and that's the person who decides the the much of the domestic agenda in terms of what the administration appears to care about right and so you you want to take the part of what this this uh, reform package does is that it allows an executive branch that by the way isn't always going to be run by democrats right, right? like like in 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 3 short years in fact it will almost certainly be run by republicans based on the way things are trending assuming that they don't nominate trump i think that almost any republican is is going to mop the floor with joe biden and kamala harris based on what we've seen in the last year like barring like a miracle uh bill clinton esque uh transformation away from uh, a failed liberal or progressive agenda the way that he did after the midterms in 1994, where he all of a sudden pivots away from universal health care right. and is like, no, let's do crime stuff, <laughs> right? And, and, and that proved popular. And, yeah, he- Right, and that worked because he, he fucking turned into a Republican, right. and Republicans love that right. shit. Uh, barring that, Joe's going to get his ass kicked in 2024, uh, assuming that he runs, I don't think and I, he, and, and I he don't, could very well lose. But no one's getting their ass kicked because on the other side is this going to be some obnoxious person, right? So is this going to be a lot of people turn out to vote? And it'll- it depends. It, it it depends. Is it the question is not will it be an obnoxious person? The question is will it be believable when the media immediately starts turning that person into a Nazi, right? So it's easy, it's believable when it's Trump. You can say, well, he did say that uh, there's some pretty nice people among the white supremacists that day in Charlottesville. So yeah, it's right. it's easy to paint him with that brush. But if it's a Glenn Youngkin type, it's not going to fucking right. work and it's not going to take. And and yeah, I do think that they'll get their asses kicked. It doesn't now. Does that does that mean that it'll be like fucking sixty forty? No, of course not. That's that's not the world that we live in right now. Probably, uh, 
but they're going to get their asses handed to them in November of this year, uh, both in the House and in the Senate. And I don't know what lesson they're going to learn from that if in the lead up to that they're, they're saying that if you're not with us, right. then you are uh, uh, an unreformed uh, confederate. Right. I guess it will depend on where the victories come. By the way, on that front, and this is only one source, which is 538, they have this graphic where – they're keeping track of the net gains and losses based on the census. Uh, and it's still showing the Democrats gaining seats, which is counterintuitive. I thought all of the Republican legislatures would set it up in such a way where they would gain some. But what seems to hap- have happened is that they're making their existing red districts redder. Instead of trying to spread themselves out to where they can possibly – have some gettable uh, congressional districts. They just have made it to where the, the, the seats that they have are even redder than they were before. And that would just mean that you'll just have for sure victories, but you actually haven't expanded anything. So I'm surprised right. by that. I thought that they would have tried to like have some you know jump balls districts to where like we have ours plus this because then that would give you that 1994 tsunami kind of thing but it seems like they're they're happy just winning like you know a 20 seat difference i guess it's the same that's because they're not that's because they're not particularly interested in governing either because the republican party has absolutely no interest in doing actual so just get a majority and then dick around right they don't want to actually do anything. I do think it's worth pointing out also that there is not actually a crisis in voting rights right. in this country. Well, like there's, it's there are there are ways that you you should be like legitimately concerned. For example, in Georgia, the worst part of that Georgia law is easily the way that the legislature can like claw back the results from the Secretary of State if they don't like what they came right, up with. That, right? Like there are. There are definitely problems, but when you hear cited like uh, 35 legislatures across the country have made voting more restrictive in this country, like no, they, right. they really have. But haven't. that is, I mean, what they've largely done is reacted to emergency measures that were put in place because of the pandemic and said, let's roll that back a step and think that through. If that's something that we necessarily want to have as a permanent feature of the of the voting process going forward. Right. But I, I, the point that you're making is the problem, right? It's not characterized that way but like if you are if all these different states are setting themselves up to where all of the points of failure for trump like the 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 person in charge of that state did not play ball for him right and now you change the mechanism to who's deciding so taking it away from this elected post like a secretary of state in a particular state to some other group or person then you can see yourself four years from now or two years from now where somebody could just say, no, I have lost confidence in the vote. And so we'll just. Right. But not, none of what's happening at, at the federal level is a response to right. that. That does not justify a complete federalization of, or a, a, pardon me, not federal, a nationalization right. of the voting process. Like this is, and, and yeah, you can read it both ways in the constitution. Cause the first clause says it should be left up to the States. But then the second clause is like, uh, but Congress can make the fucking rules if they right. want to. Right. So it, it's sort of the, the stupid constitution as usual wants to have yeah, it both very ways. Sloppy, yeah. But by the way, this is, this um, is, uh, at least with the, the police reform thing that didn't go anywhere with Tim Scott and, uh, the New Jersey guy Booker, 
with this one, there's not even any point for any Republican to support because they'll fall back to it should be left up to the states. So like this entire endeavor is wrong, right? And so like you couldn't find any compromise anyway. So it seems to me, again, in a cynical way, just talk up rhetorically how they're the big bad meanies and they're not on your side or the right side of history and then just move on to something else because there was never going to be any compromise because they don't see the same problem. You need to have common problems and say, this is a common problem, but I don't agree on the solution. And let's kind of meet in the middle. But Republicans don't see this as a problem at all. They're like each state is doing what they neither think is one right. Of, neither one of the major parties is expressing anything close to a comfortable amount of respect or faith in the ability of this country to vote and get an honest result, right? right? And, 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 and it's like, it's really bad. And it's not just... Donald Trump and the Republicans who are sowing this sort of bad faith in the electoral process. It's also this fucking nonsense out of the Biden administration that says that if we don't do this, our democracy will be at stake. Right. That says that if we don't if we don't fully nationalize our our election system, then we won't have a democracy anymore. That says that 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 Voter suppression is as bad now as it's ever been in the uh, pre-civil rights era is fucking – it's just absurd. Joe Biden got 81 million votes. Donald Trump got 75 or 76 million votes, right? Like these are there, – there's more – there was more participation in this last election than we've had in like 40 fucking right. years or something right. like that, right, as, as a percentage. The ability to participate in the election is actually not – exactly a problem right but there was an honest effort to undermine all of that and it and and all of the measures that have been taken from that point to now have been to make it more likely that it can be undermined the next time right instead of like looking back and saying okay we need to change the rules in our state to make it to where we have a provision in place that if there's a public health issue we can fall back into these established procedures okay, instead okay. of just making it up but what was what was the biggest threat to this to, to this country on January sixth? The biggest threat was Mike Pence deciding. Actually, that memo that I read by the the, the Eastman memo from the the Trump lawyer. Why not give that a right. shot? Right. That was that was the specific threat to our democracy this on last January time 6th. around. Was that the call was is that, coming from inside the was house? Was that on January sixth? Mike Pence could have said, I'm not going to certify the, these electors from these five states because I have a competing set of electors that, that, that who knows, right? So that, and then a, that kicks off the process that eventually ends with the House of Representatives giving Donald Trump the presidency again, right? right? Like that was the specific threat. And that, that could have been addressed. You, you, I will not be persuaded from the position that the United States Senate couldn't have come up with a bipartisan consensus to fix the Electoral College Act to turn that 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 theatrical nonsense that happened on to, to codify that as purely theatrical nonsense instead of having it actually carry the force right. it's of, just a of, of anything right. that it should just be a, 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 a Honorary is the wrong word. Whatever it is, like it should just be a theatrical bullshit that happens. It's not the actual counting and certification of the election. Mike Pence doesn't have right. that fucking power. No vice president should have that fucking power. But Obviously, he's in the goddamn administration. That was a mistake, right? Like, and it, and if it was entirely based only on a norm, then instead we should make it a fucking law so that we don't allow norms breaking individuals to derange the country. Right. Right? But it should be noted in that specific. 
specific that way. That is not the extent of the problem. Each state, there was separate problems. It's prob- not the extent no, no, of the problem, is, but it was a fixable but problem, no, it's, right? But people would want to have it fixed because the other points of failure are in the states. Each state that they try to, let's go to Michigan and see if we have some friendly uh, people or Pennsylvania or Georgia or Arizona. Each state has their own rule and none of them have been strengthen to prevent this sort of thing from but happening. But until it until it actually happens, then 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 like then then come so to So wait me, until right? the house because is on fire in, in, again. Because right? in Arizona, in Maricopa County, they rejected the bullshit this from the time. Trump administration. It, There's literally yeah, this no, time. But then, again, this idea of let's all wait until the house is on fire before we do something about it doesn't make sense to me. There are a lot of flaws in the system. Like there are a lot of weak spots where it's like. But Abe, it, what I'm telling, what I all I all I'm, I agree with you, 100. percent I agree that these are the sorts of things that should be worked out in good faith among uh, among people who care about these sorts of things. I and I agree that a lot of these laws have been bad. Right. right? The Georgia one is not nearly as bad as it's been portrayed, right. but there are aspects of it that are obviously bad. And a, and it's not just a right-wing talking point. It is, in fact, true that it's easier to vote in Georgia than it is to vote in Delaware, right? right? Or, in, or in Connecticut. That there are more obstacles to voting in those deep blue states than, they, than there are in the state of Georgia. Right. What, I, what I do not accept is that we should... Not solve the problem. Like you said, that everybody waits till the house is on fire to, tr- to try to solve the problem. On January 6th, Mike Pence was like arguably within moments, this could have gone another oh, way. Yeah. And what I'm saying is that is the first and easiest point at which the federal government can get involved and actually fix a problem, right? right? And the answer is not on the uh, instead to just nationalize elections right. and say that the attorney general yeah. is effectively in charge of running every election in this country. That's insane. You don't you don't put that in the seat of political right. power. That doesn't make any sense right. either. I think the biggest problem on, on, on the left seems to be they always misread the situation they think they have a lot more leverage than they do so they're like "Ooh, things kind of fell up sideways and now let's get everything we wanted as it relates to voting rights right and that's really not where we are one thing they could have clearly fixed because i don't like it either is the way they go about counting absentee votes it shouldn't it does so doubt when you wait three four days to find out who won something like you know you're counting one type of vote on election night, and it's one thing, and then three days later, it's something else. That's confusing to like the average person. Like you should have set up in in such a way to where you can count the votes really fast. And it's weird pointing to the state of Florida, but the state of Florida, they have a way to where they get the votes ready to count, so that on election day they can start counting them really fast. And that night, that next day, you know who won. Right. And states like New York, you should not be allowed to have ballots that come in for a fucking yeah, month. That's, right? Like no. That's that's a fucking disaster. Pul- and that we don't talk about that for some reason. Right. And it, the reason is because it's a reliably no, blue it state. Should not, it, it, it should it, California and New York need to fix that because they need to actually have like a week in advance. Past that point you walk it in. Right? I mean you can't just be post whatever. Like that it just causes so much confusion and it's not an issue because like you say it's it's a mostly blue state if it's like a one-party state those kind of things don't show up but if that happened in georgia or or other closer states it would be a zoo it'd be a disaster to wait like three weeks to find out who won something and i i don't i further don't understand it from a political standpoint because 
Joe Biden announces this thing, and, he, and he's threatening everybody with, with tarring you with the brush of being a, a racist if you, if you don't get on the side of voting rights, knowing that this is not going to be passed and to be, like, happy about it, to, be, to, to want to go into the November elections with a ready-made excuse for why you couldn't win. This is, I mean, again, uh, I, I don't understand. This is not what the Democrats wanted. This is a disaster for them. Like, I just can't, oh, this is not our fault. There's nobody... At the D triple C, any democratically associated thing thinks this is like an ideal thing. Like this is not what they plan. This has fallen apart, you know. But it's not like because oh, they were we don't want to do anything because they put together because they put together a legislative package that was never going that, that turns out was never going to pass Congress. They then had to find yeah. someone to blame, and so what they chose to do is they chose to make. They chose to make this about uh, Joe Manchin and, and Kirsten Cinema right. instead of about their failure to put together legislation that could actually pass in the real right. world. The, the real failure is that they can't adequately fend off the progressive side of the party who think in – I mean I know this is unfair, but in a delu- – they live in some alternate world where all this is possible, right? Like a lot of this stuff, they're just doing to please the – progressive base right to say like look we're doing all of these transformative things that have no shot of making it and they just look stupid when they can't carry it out right if they just played it much simpler we'll do this because they're used to it's and this is uh this is goofy big picture stuff it's because they're used to winning that way it's because they're used to roe v wade doing the work for them it's because they're used to uh oberfell like they, they have these huge progressive cultural wins, right? That that and that's that's the way that they won. It's been fucking how long ago was 1964? Right. What is the last biggest progressive legislative win? I mean, like the ACA is really not that, right? I mean, it's basically something that was taken from the Heritage Foundation or wherever. Like it's like what right, is right. the last? But at least the AC, but but that's the sort of thing like. And we, we did this a few months ago where I went through big progressive legislative victories, right? And they're largely comprom- compromised things, right? Even going back to the Civil Rights Act, right. like I talked but about. But you'd have to go that far back. I'm just saying like in the mo- like since the 90s, like the last 30 years, there hasn't been – like all the Bill Clinton stuff have been more center or right of center, right? O- right. Obama's ACA is the closest thing. But all the other stuff has been like nibbling – around the edges but that's that's to be expected like that's no, that's, that's what tr- governing that's is true but what i'm saying is now but the reason what i'm saying is that the reason that they dream so big is because the things that have been successes for them have come in one big fell swoop as though from heaven above right, right? where it's the supreme court reaching out right. and saying well the prevailing winds of the culture are uh, <laughs> yeah. are are this way, yeah. and because the legislative the legislative branch can't ever get their fucking shit together, we're just going to go ahead and do this now, right. right? Those are the sorts of wins that they think they can get. They would rather lose, apparently, than do the 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 work around the edges of of hard reform. Right. I do think if they were able, I mean, it's too late now, but if they were able to get what's his face Breyer out and swapped for somebody younger before the oncoming train wreck in November, that, that, that Biden would almost be just fine just having somebody actually to point to to say, like, we can't get anything done because of this. I mean, there'll be more government shutdowns. They'll be more obnoxious and disruptive. But at least there'll be an argument for let's go back to before. Because if 
They, do you think that Schumer, do you think Schumer has it in him to jam through a Supreme Court nominee? Because I don't think he, I don't think that he even is is capable of doing the that that level of bare minimum political chicanery to actually get it done. Like like even after like it was from done from an the administrative other standpoint, this is this is the fucking moron who said after Biden's speech that we're gonna have a vote this week yeah. on this legislation and we're gonna make sure that and it's like oh we're not in session on Friday are we? Yeah. Like he he. Got in front of the cameras and promised right. that he was going to have a vote before the weekend, right. and then it turned out that he couldn't even do right. that. Logistically, right? they because even he didn't have his yeah. fucking calendar straight in his fucking right. head. The idiot. Right. Like I, he's he is, like he's never been in this position before, obviously. But holy shit, is he not very good at it? No. In terms of uh, uh, leading a so-called majority in the Senate, and I don't think I don't think he's got it in him. If if Breyer decided in in June I mean, to to say okay I'm done, but Breyer doing that in June would be telling him this is you, you need to swap it out now because I can kind of read the polls and it's gonna go the other way because if it does go the other way what would it be seven two oh man <laughs> that's a wrap I don't I don't think Joe Biden's getting any Supreme Court nominees right I'll tell you because right there's now. no again the the. Feedback has been do whatever chicanery, and that's there's going to be no cost, right? So, yeah, if McCarthy or whomever replaces him next year and there needs to be a, a vacancy filled, they'll just sit on it until 24. So, we'll just, you know, let that be the deciding factor the election of 24. Yeah. McConnell, not McCarthy, but yeah. yeah. Yes. Uh, what else we got on deck? Anything? The end. Movies. Oh, relax. Hang on. <laughs> Oh, sure, can right? I? It's 10:30. This is too local uh, for, but but in 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 the city of Atlanta, we have this MARTA train system, rail system. Yeah, this is uh, this is this is grim. But go it's ahead. It's very grim. But so the CEO of MARTA jumped in front of a MARTA train, killing himself. Right. Oh my God. <laughs> yes. But the. These, there's but, a but? but. But wait, Abe but. says, He's smiling broadly. But. These PR people, right? Because first of all, as soon as I heard it, they're like, "Well, first of all, that fucking sucks." But second of all, the way he went about doing it, that can't speak well of Marta, right? But like the very like 20 minutes after I got that breaking news, like some PR person for Marta was like, "Jeff." cared deeply about Marta and his leadership gave us a strong foundation from which to carry forward, right? First of all, he jumped in front of a Marta train station, train, right? And it's like, that can't be, I mean, maybe the person- That's not an accident. That's not like, oh, how do I kill myself? I don't want to be too on the nose. Right. But boy, was he, that is, I've never heard of that. Somebody's like, and and by all accounts, he was getting top marks, you know, since he's taken over. I mean, I haven't noticed a difference, but like, there's there's been things underway under his leadership. But it's remarkable that somebody would. That's a very drastic. What is the? Has there been any discussion of like was he just depressed or something? Apparently, or was he was just uh, depressed. Yeah, I don't. It didn't seem like it was Maybe much. Marta I mean, this just sucks. happened, but man. That poor uh, train conductor. Like, imagine just seeing that. Yeah. Yeah, that's rough. Very rough. Go dogs, though. Yeah. There was so much other shit that I wanted to talk about, but, you know. Really? Well, you went on for quite some time about COVID and voting rights. I know. So, I think you lost the privilege to talk about other stuff. 
yesterday we got five inches of snow. It was this like super fine powdery snow, like light as a feather. Like and you, I said, Bob, you do could, you want to go shovel the snow while it's you light could go and powdery? Out there and just sort of gently wave at you it can, like, with the sweep shovel. It. You, you could, could really yeah, like sweep, you could it just away. sweep it away. Even though it was a lot of inches, it was so light. Yeah. And Bob said, no. Life's like, hard. I was looking at the forecast, and it said, uh, you're going to get like a half inch of sleet or freezing rain overnight. And in my head, I was like, if I go out and sweep this afternoon or, or shovel this afternoon and clear the sidewalks and clear the cars and all of that, then what we're going to we're going to get a half an inch of ice as a as a permanent layer on the sidewalk and that's even worse yes. right like in terms of a safety hazard and also in terms of like getting it off the fucking ground it becomes impossible you have to like break it up and then you shovel it off like it's a real pain in the ass when you get a layer of ice on the ground uh, not telling anybody anything they don't already know i'm sure so i didn't go out the night before and shovel Instead, I waited until this morning to go out and shovel out. When it after. melted a little and got heavy. So it had melted a little. It had been rained on overnight, along with the freezing rain, a little bit of misty rain. So it, it went from this like nice, impossible to even turn into a snowball sort of snow to the densest, sludgiest, like, but, but not even like watery enough to be slush. Instead, it was just this incredibly dense, with a layer of ice on top of it, snow that each shovel full felt like it weighed like 60 fucking pounds. And it was just so much of it. And I had to do not just our uh, sidewalk and, and driveway area and dig our cars out. I did the 80-something-year-old the lady next door and then our other neighbors in the neighborhood are out of town in like uh, in, in Puerto Rico or Costa Rica or something and grandma is there staying with their kids and so we had to dig them out too. I was shoveling for like five hours today and I can already tell that I'm not going to be able to fucking move tomorrow. <laughs> it's They make this stuff terrible. called Advil and Tylenol that would help. Yeah. He won't take it. No. Life's hard. Gotta, I like to suffer from my art. And <laughs> wherein my art is shoveling Once in a blue moon, it won't hurt. You've been listening to Cast Iron Brains, a podcast with Bob and Abe. Find the show on Facebook, Twitter. Just head over to brainiron.com. Opening and closing themes of the show were composed by Mark Gillig. Besides... Uh, copious amounts of football which is what we've been doing lately including the thrilling nfl playoffs where not only did i get to watch uh, my beloved georgia bulldogs mm. win the national title on monday night but then i got to watch the cowboys <laughs> in a playoff game behave <laughs> like almost only the the cowboys can just a total shit show of a football game where they just constantly shooting themselves in the foot Important to note, we watched it on Nickelodeon. Yeah, oh, no kidding. The kids wanted like to watch slime. On Nickelodeon, they had like slime kids, effects nothing. and everything. It was way better oh, wow. than regular. I should football. do that. It's getting. We're getting closer to my wish for just like alternative audio feeds yes. and broadcasts. Yeah. Like I'll take slime if it's a step in the right direction. Yeah. It's fine. It should be slime. like a menu option that you can choose. 
Yes. What audio? We'll what sort there. of graphic? The end of that football game. Explain to me what's happening. So the last minute of that game. So first of all, the refs like did everything in their power to make sure that the Cowboys got one extra possession, right. which felt like the big hand of Roger Goodell coming down <laughs> and saying, I mean, obviously it's not. That's bullshit conspiracy stuff. But everything about the end of that game seemed like the refs were like, oh, come yeah. on, Cowboys. Yeah. Just, just try yeah. again. Just, yeah. Come on. One more time. Yeah, because. I mean, they they made the right call, the refs, that it was just on this side of the yard, the line to gain, you know, on that fourth down, what was it, third down yeah. and inches or whatever that play was that gave them the ball back. Right. But then on the on the so so the Cowboys get the ball back with like I don't know forty seconds or something to go in the game, and they're driving down the field, and the clock is stopped with fourteen <laughs> seconds to go. They're at like the forty yard line or something yeah. at this point. So they're in easy Hail Mary range. And, yeah, it would be good to get another 10 or 15 or 20 yards before you, you throw the last play of the but game. But the defense is situated in such a way where, like, they have, like, three or four players just right by the sidelines, I guess, so they can right. tackle them in field so that, that the game will Trying be Trying to prevent someone from being tackled uh, or from, from going out of bounds, right. right, to stop the clock, to allow them time to set so up the def- for, for one more play. The defensive formation almost lured them into this – ridiculous quarterback sneak. How do you make a play a call from draw. the 40-yard right. line yeah. that's a QB draw? <laughs> How do you call a designed run with no timeouts where the plan is to run down the field as fast as you can, slide, and then spike the ball? Right. That's utterly indefensible. And, and I love that it was Mike McCarthy. And I, I love that it was the Cowboys. I love that it was Dak, who was then, like, proud of the Cowboys fans for throwing shit at the refs afterwards. Just utter classlessness out of the Cowboys be, organization, as usual. Speaking of which, I didn't catch that part. But this morning, um, I listened to Prescott's, you know, press conference afterwards. Press cots, press con. Yeah. <laughs> but apparently, you're welcome. The, the the ref pointed out the fact that the fans were throwing stuff, and I think Prescott thought that they were throwing it to show their displeasure at the Cowboys, the players. And they're like, oh, no, no, we're professionals. We did the best we could. Nobody wants to win more than us, and uh, you know they shouldn't be doing that. Da 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 da. <laughs> and then some other reporter was like, oh no, they were throwing it at the refs, and he's like, ah, oh, fuck them. Yeah. <laughs> it's like whoa. <laughs> What happened to the professionalism and let's not lose our heads. Right. And like, and it's not just my anti-Cowboys bias talking here. I thought that like the refs didn't do anything wrong there. You have to spot the ball. Yeah, you can't, like, you can't, you just... can't have the team dictating that because if that were the case, I think somebody pointed out if the 49ers could have dictated that it was a first down, they said they just move the ball like half an inch forward. Yeah, we're going to be over <laughs> here instead. <laughs> it's like, all right, well, so says you. Yeah. Fuck the Cowboys. Do you have a favorite team remaining in this uh, playoff picture for who you want to who you expect to see in I the mean, playoffs? Does it matter? I uh I guess my preseason prediction uh, is still in play. I had the the Rams uh wanting Matthew Stafford to get something after all those years in Detroit and the Chiefs cuz I like Mahomes enough so if they do that as a Super Bowl I'd be happy. But otherwise, just close games. Rams and Rams and Chiefs would be awfully fun. Yeah. That'd be good. I would love to not have to deal with Tom Brady in the Super Bowl once again. That would be ideal. Right, but that's probably what will happen, right? <laughs> but, like, isn't that what the Super Bowl means now? Like, we just watch Tom Brady and see what happens? Right. Is it a Super Bowl, really, without that Tom is, Brady it, in it? It would feel weird, wouldn't it? Yeah. 
anyway, besides the football, uh, what else? What else you've been getting into as far as viewing so experiences go? This is traditionally the worst stretch of movie theater releases: January, February, and it's. Yeah, like the the non-Halloween horror movies come out now, the ones that aren't good enough for October come yeah, out now. Yeah, I, I, I went to see two movies, and they're both terrible. One was The 355, as some sort of women's doing stuff, whatever. Not very good. Uh then there's is that is that the one with like like a surprising number of uh, hot middle aged women in it? Yeah, like Jessica Chastain is in this, and all of them. And again, not very good, but that was to be expected. The other one that was not that good, also expected not to be good, was the new Scream. They did another Scream. Yeah. And how was it? Not good. Not particularly good because they were just doing a lot of like all of the people from back. From the original, they brought them back, and they have some new people. So on the comic book front, that stupid Doctor Strange thing that I've complained about, where they're like, oh, we're in a different reality, and this doesn't count, or that doesn't count, that's obnoxious. But what what Scream did was something else I don't like, which is the off-screen death. Like, oh, somebody gets shot, and they're burnt up, and there's no way they can survive this, and they move away from that, and that fucker comes back <laughs> later. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, later, somebody if you don't see back. him die, yeah. they're not dead, and then even sometimes they're still not dead if you do yeah, see them die, like in the first scream. Spoiler alert. This woman was literally engulfed in flames and shot multiple times. I'm like, well, that's the end of her, and then like four minutes later, no, she's running at a... Yeah. Spoilers, Abe. Come on now. Somebody... <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Uh, and the rest I of the way is just terrible, yeah. We what? watched The Landscapers, which was in fucking credible. Oh, I'm the three Landscapers. episodes into that, yeah. Yeah, that's an HBO show with uh, Olivia, the, the what's her name? Yeah. What's her Olivia, Olivia Coleman? Coleman, I think? Coleman, yeah. yeah. She she's is so good. fucking it's spectacular. Absurd. Yeah. Uh, I've seen her in other things, and she's been good. She is just wonderful in this. And it's The Landscapers. It's on HBO. Only four episodes. It's, it's about, so great. Yeah, yeah it would have made a great would have made a great movie. I don't know, <laughs> but instead we get four. It would have made a really too long four hour movie. It uh, made a perfect four episode. It doesn't have to be four hours long. What a terrible so plan, good. though. Like they they would have been caught immediately. Like I mean, I guess they got away with it they for were a while. Not. Anyway, but so to briefly sum up what that's about, in case you want to go out there and watch it without spoiling anything, this is about it's a true story. A British couple. Yeah, you can find the Wikipedia page. Uh, it's about a British couple who they're in jail still for murder. Are, that they are like not. They think that they shouldn't be in jail for. Yeah, murder. they're still claiming right. their innocence, but. They killed the they're, mother's well, parents. Well, they're not exactly claiming innocence. They're claiming mitigating circumstances. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, that the the wife allegedly killed her parents uh, with a gun, or rather, her mother after right. her mother had killed her father, and yeah. then they and then they buried the bodies in the back garden, and it became a big. Uh, British tabloid sensation. But it's sensation. just nice because it's very, like, surreal and pretty, and it's just good. It's a good it's, show, but the, the performances of the, yeah, the two amazing. leads, especially of Olivia Coleman, are what sets it apart. She's just incredible in it. Yeah. We're also finally watching The Vow. Oh, the, yeah, that's also the on HBO, H- right? The What's HBO thing. documentary about the Nexium sex cult great. that Allison Mack it's was involved in. what I want to be doing right now. Yeah. You yeah, guys are far along on this? I think I've seen the whole thing. We're halfway we're only, through. It. Yeah, okay. we're halfway through. It's fine. Again, I'm not 
entirely convinced that it needs to be as long as it is, but that's a personal problem of mine. I feel that way about this podcast, oddly enough. Well, congratulations. (laughs) You don't have to listen to it. Uh, I'm the one who has to fucking... do in real life. I'm the one who has to sit there and fucking edit it tomorrow. (laughs) That's right. Doing it to myself. We watched a movie, though. I was thinking of a movie, and I can't remember now off the top of my head what it was. What movie did we watch? I don't think we did. We did. Wait. Oh, yeah. Denzel Washington. Yes. Inside Man. Oh. We finally saw Inside Man. You guys have never seen Inside... With Clive Owen. So Bob can die now. That's why. I've been doing my Denzel Washington... Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. I mean, it's literally impossible for me not to say the following phrase. Don't do it. Come on, man. This ain't no white robbery. Wait, racist. It's not... It's not racist. That's it's just a little. That's just, just Denzel. Little. Come on, this ain't it's no not. bank robbery. It's you. Inside instead. Man is way worse than I thought it was going to be. Like I've been waiting to see this movie for. You didn't like it. Uh, I fifteen years. I haven't you seen. You thought it, it was going to be good. Yeah, I thought I, it was like going to be a good movie. I haven't oh. seen it in ten years. I remember that it was pretty decent. Was it not? It's a. It's. I thought it was exactly what one thought it was going right. to be, but yep. apparently Bob no, had. What did you think very, it was going to be? Like some Oscar-worthy kind of thingy? I, yeah, I thought it was going to be good. It has oh. Denzel. It has uh, Jodie Foster in, in my oh, opinion, right. the worst performance of her career. Hey, do you I, know how many times Denzel Washington has played a cop in his career? More than once. He was the it's, training day cop. And then it's like was, 15 fucking times. 13 times. Oh, wow. I could name five off the top of my the head. The bone like, collector, it, was that in? Yeah. No. yeah. Bob thought that was Morgan Freeman because he's racist. <laughs> it's because I, conf- I confused. Bob thought you were Morgan Freeman. I confused the bone collector with Kiss, Kiss the, the Girls, girls oh, in I my see. head. I also thought that it and had Ashley Judd in it. So okay. to be fair, it's not a racist thing. It's just a confusion of movies. Yeah, we watched Thank that. That was much. good. It was not that good. That's what I'm trying to get at here. It was what I wanted my evening to be yeah, like. It was great. I didn't realize that it was as like as purely dumb a movie as it turns oh. out that it was. Uh, and I, I thought it was actually going to be You're a good movie. You're purely dumb. But that, that was wrong. Also, I guessed, like, I hate when I watch movies and, like, the first thought that I have as to... Oh, I can see where this is going. Yeah. Ends up being the thing that turns oh. out I knew where it was going. Like I fucking hate that. At least You'd like throw be... some curveballs at me where I end up doubting myself or whatever. It's uh, such an but... annoying thing to be mad at. Yeah. Also, sometimes in order to accomplish that, throw some weird thing, the story doesn't make sense. So like just yeah, for the sake of like yeah, no, yes, definitely. Not not arbitrarily do Right, it, it's like, but all like, right, that's a stupid fucking curveball. But right, it's, the, yeah. it's just that if the if the key plot point itself is like that obvious to me. Yeah. Like Can I'm we tell you what we're going to watch this fun. weekend? Yes. Are you ready? Bob, read the description of what we're going to watch this weekend. Is it coming out this weekend or is this like another? No, it's just that that's what we're doing. So right. it also needs to be said that our... F- favorite pastime back in the day was to watch Christian movies <laughs> I remember that are like era. bad <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> that are that are great and we haven't been doing that because our favorite director hasn't been making movies and he still isn't but I don't know I don't know how Bob found this but 
I, I found was, out. I happened to be uh, perusing the awful Twitter machine. Twitter.com. And I stumbled across this summary of the film. The film is called 2025. The subtitle of the film is The World Enslaved by a Virus. Whoa. (laughs) Um, (laughs) This is on Amazon Prime. For anybody who wants to watch along with us so that we can talk about this next week, it's on Amazon Prime. If you have access to Amazon Prime, you can watch it for free. I'm sure you can otherwise rent it uh, as necessary. But I want to read the capsule summary as provided by... uh, Amazon. Let me. 2025, the world enslaved by a virus. It's 2025. The world as we have known it in 2020 does not exist anymore. The virus changed the world, and communism is all over the place. A global world language developed. Meetings are illegal. Traveling is illegal. And Christianity is illegal. A group of Christians is trying to fight back. That's available on Amazon Prime. We'll be watching that this week. Hope you'll join us. Would it be spoiling it to mention the rating on IMDb, or should we just leave that alone? No, <laughs> it's like one. It's like one sub one, isn't it? It's one point two. <laughs> yeah. That's because they're communist. Oh my god! I'm going to sign up for IMDbPro.com just so that I can give this ten stars after I watch it, just to fight back against. The hordes who are unfairly piling on what is sure to be a wonderful film. <laughs> one one review is very bad even by Christian cinema standards. I'm so excited. <laughs> anyway, you uh, you got anything else for us tonight, Abe? Nope. Well, I guess that's all we've got for tonight, then, and we will talk to you next time. Later. This plot that you described, it's very... Oh, yeah. It's going to be great. You, uh... I like that it was made in 2020. Like, they threw it together. In the IMDb description, it, 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 the, the group of Christians are in Germany. So it's like... It, yeah. and I don't know well, why okay, that's they enough. chose... Don't tell me anymore. Okay. <laughs> this, I mean, the more I read, the more I want to see it. Abe's going to watch it tonight. Uh, are you... <laughs> What what movies are coming out this week? Are you going to the movies this There's week? There's nothing coming out. They're actually now starting to show like old movies to fill the gap because there's literally nothing. So I'm like in a few weeks I'm gonna go watch the original Godfather in like the best screen, you know. Oh like, nice. That kind of stuff. I would rather that than scream like eleven or whatever the hell is coming out. Lori's convinced that uh, I'm secretly that he's five degrees removed from the Nexium people. I'm basically the Nexium guy. <laughs> the same. What was it that Keith Raniere or whatever that goofy Frenchy? Keith Raniere, yeah. yeah. He's not even that good at basketball. Whatever the hell they were showing in the pickup. Volleyball. He's fucking obsessed <laughs> with volleyball. That was that, my favorite yes, part. Yes, Abe. Like, oh, that's right. <laughs> like I'm recruiting out there. <laughs> if your fucking guru, his favorite activity is to go down Nighttime to the Y volleyball. and play volleyball from 11 at night to 7 in the morning, <laughs> you picked the wrong guru. Like, that's, that's a tell. I'm, I hate to say it. Yeah. Anyway. All right. Good night. Good night. But my poor clients, if they even 
slightly ask. I'm like, okay, well, I will tell you. I will tell you. Let's start in 2008. Let's start in 2007. It's really 2007. We beat them in Tuscaloosa, regular season. Doesn't matter. But it has to start then. Yeah. Like... Sorry, everyone. Sorry, Dana, who works next to me that has to listen to me talk about it literally all day long. But, like, I'm not sorry. And I'm not sorry to my first client last Tuesday, who's an Alabama fan, and was, like, a little sad. And I was like, yeah, tough shit. Don't feel sad for you at all. I'm actually really happy. She was like, that's fair. And also, a lot of Alabama fans, they probably can't, accurately rattle off all the years they won the national title. They've won so many. It's like, yeah. sit this one out. She said, I wore my national title shirt and everything. I said, which one? Yeah. <laughs> which fucking one? <laughs> Assholes. I don't care. It's like the best day. It's the best. It was the best thing. Oh, that was great, yeah. It's, I wish I were exaggerating. Like, after you have a baby, you have all these endorphins and adrenaline. Yeah. And... I felt the same way, <laughs> like, except I didn't have just had a baby. Like, bonus, I didn't go through physical trauma. I just had the good part. In Alabama, a Ringo ate your baby. <laughs>